Dude, so how's the hotel room? The hotel room? Yeah. I mean, hotel I mean, rooms been... are great until you're stuck in for a week. <laughs> yeah. It happened. It finally happened. You know, I was thinking for a while I was chosen. Yeah. I've, I've been around COVID since the start because, you know, I'm on the road a lot. Yeah. Uh, and I got it. I'm, yeah. I got it in San Francisco. Omicron. Um, I didn't have any symptoms. And then two, you know, we get tested every two days after the second day I got pulled off set and they said, you've tested positive. And I was like, what? Mm. So I had to be rushed to my hotel room, quarantined, and then they test you again and it came out positive again. And then I did get um, a little sniffles. I got like a cold, you know, I'm boosted, double vaxxed. Yep. and I got what would essentially pre-COVID be a small cold you go to work with. Okay. Okay. All right. That's good. I it's mean, great. I mean now, it's the best case what, scenario. So what, you, so what have you been doing? You've been like watching TV, watching watching. Well, Netflix? we had football. We had we're in playoff football, so okay. that really last few days was great. Okay. Um, I'm, a, I'm a big UFC guy. There was a huge heavyweight UFC bout over the weekend that took oh, up no a lot way. of good time. Nice. Um, I'm still working. The show goes on, so I'm still working. Okay. Um, and today is my day six, so I just tested, and hopefully I can test negative and get the hell out of here. Nice. Nice. Dude. Crazy. Vaccines, man. Look. I know. I know people I that know. got them that got wrecked, but I don't know anybody that was not vaccinated that had this easy. It, yeah. You get wrecked. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it's crazy. I mean, it's a, it's, uh, you know, and I'm, I'm, I'm masked. I'm N95. You know, this mm-hmm. was because I had a... I had a freelance employee who had tested positive that I shared a car with uh, and she was in the back still, windows car. open windows open windows open and well, yeah wow. freezing man that thing is contagious yeah it's really wow. I mean that's where we think I got it um or I guess an airplane or something you know I mean I yeah look I mean I'm not going to sit here and pretend that I don't you know responsibly go in a coffee shop, grab a coffee. You know, I'm not like, I'm not a hermit. I'm living mm-hmm. my life with, by the rules. I wear my yeah. mask in grocery stores. I walk into a restaurant. I wear it until I sit down. I take it off. I do all the stuff yeah. and I have never gotten COVID. But you know, I'm on a, I'm on a show right now where I'm every four days in a new city. So oh, okay. oh, we yeah. kind of figured if I'm getting it, yeah. this was this was the time. <laughs> There's no shock. <laughs> Um, but everybody's going down, man. I mean, everybody yeah. in the production world, I, you know, all my friends on different shows, it's, this is the Omicron is going to be the great equalizer. Mm-hmm. If you think you're not going to get it, you might not, but it's very rare. You know, there's people that were with us in that car that didn't get it. Mm-hmm. That was me for a long time. I outran this thing All right, and it got me. This is very contagious. It's going to get you. And if it doesn't, you're probably vaccinated. Yep. But if you're unvaxxed and you're living your life, yeah, there's you're a, gonna there's get it. This is a, this is this is the this is nature's vaccine, and you will get it. And that's there's tens of millions of those people. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. All right. Well, anyway, uh, I'm glad to hear. Yeah, that's right. That's right. The show goes on. All right. So we're gonna we're gonna delve into one topic this week. Um, our former city. New York City. Yeah. And it's new mayor. So let's do it. Let's go. This is No Politics at the Dinner Table. I'm Tony Biancasino. 
And I'm Amit Prakash. This week, we're going to be talking about our former city where both Tony and I used to live a couple blocks away from one another. And the new mayor of New York City, Eric Adams, was our borough president of Brooklyn at that time, too. So let's talk about what he's been doing in his first couple of weeks. Can't wait. we start on the mayor here's what i'm gonna say it's really weird i've been out of new york now pushing two and a half years i do not miss it mm-hmm. let me just say that i loved my time in new york as you did never thought i would leave i was one of those lifers i thought yeah um and i left pre-pandemic so let's not get it twisted that i ran when everybody else ran i mean i left as a decision for my life like right. my, my right. sanity um I've gone back multiple times for work, for pleasure. It's not like I'm, you know, New York is going to be a part of my life. I'm there pretty often, which is why it's pretty easy for me to leave, not be paid. Yeah, because you know you're going to come. You're you're going to get the best of it again. Yeah, yeah. Um, Maybe it's the pandemic. Maybe it's New York. Since I've left the times I've gone back, I can't wait to get out. No way. And it's getting progressively worse. Wow. Um, So why? Why? What's 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 gives you that feeling? Yeah, sure. Um, you know, like most normal people that come from a middle class family, like we had stuff, we didn't have everything, you know, we, we my parents worked their butts off. Um, we moved to New York with nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, that was the best New York. And I think that's for everybody. You know, that was the best New York where you're figuring it out. It's exciting. It's not about money. It's about the, the, the energy, the noise, the, the life. Um, and we had it good for a long time. And the more successful we got, or just the more money you make, the more you grow up. I think New York changes for a, for people. Either like you get really, 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 really rich and you live that kind of New York lifestyle, yeah, which yeah. I never really was interested in. I don't quite right. like the people. They're, it's not really anybody cool doing that. It's cloistered. Um, it's segregated. It's yeah. It's very white, know, and it's not. Yeah. It's 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 literally just an echo chamber of uncool people with a lot of money. Yeah. Um. And then the other is like, well, there's two more. There's the people that just are going to be like a low middle class and just they're New Yorkers, and that's yeah. it. And I get it. I totally get that. It's a lot. Anybody that's a school teacher there, <laughs> right, 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 that's working right. like a you know under 100k a year job, that's mm-hmm. not leaving New York. Those are like that's the lifeblood of New York, and like the working class. And then there are the people who just like have a decent living, but like feel poor. Right. But if I talked to anybody else outside of New York, they would tell yeah. me to shut the fuck they, up, they, which exactly. I get, which exactly. I get. Yep. But you have to live in New York to understand what that is. Maybe San Francisco and L.A., we, you, you know, mm-hmm. those cities, we can yeah, all yeah. understand that. Like, oh, you make an OK, you make it. It's not like we're millionaires, but like you, outside of New York, you're doing all right. Yeah. Um, New York just has a way of sucking the cash out of you. And you just get sick of, like, accepting that. I live in this place I should be grateful for. It's, you know, 2,000 square feet, and I can't complain to the landlord because she'll raise the rent, but the windows don't open, and the heat doesn't work, and, you know, there's a hole in my floor, and the stove doesn't turn on. Um, and so we made a conscious decision to get out. To get out. Now, going back these, these last couple of years, it's happening everywhere, but the 
you know, I got mugged in New York. Right, right. I never got mugged and almost lived yeah. there for 18 years. I never even yeah. had a, I never even yeah. had like a scare. And right. I was, believe me, as you know, I right. stumbled down many a dark streets. Right, right. I got mugged at, right at a restaurant. It, 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 the sun going down. It wasn't even like two in the morning. <laughs> but for the record, I got my, they didn't really get my stuff, but I yeah. got messed up. I'm still <laughs> limping because of the struggle I had, you know? Jesus. Um, And I noticed that in New York, I felt more unsafe than I've mm. ever, I felt more unsafe near Alphabet City in New York than I feel in the French quarter of new Orleans. Mm -hmm. That's a fact. I'm not, yeah. I'm not saying that yeah. Yeah, I yeah. felt unsafe because I had never seen that. My guard in new, new Orleans is up. You know, I know new Orleans has its problem. Mm -hmm. I don't take it for granted. I don't, I don't, I don't even think I walk past 9 PM outside. Right. New York is a place where there was no guard. The guards down. And it felt so unsafe. You can see it. There's, you know, the unhoused are everywhere. It's, you know, human, human stuff everywhere. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. They have a problem. They have a crime problem. Um, I, I'm talking a lot. I want you to jump in, but I have a lot to say about this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It yeah. really affects like the liberal wokes and the, yeah, yeah. you know, it just, it's funny. The guy that is the mayor now is the former Republican cop. Yeah. So I'll tee you up with that because I'm, I'm rambling a bit, but. No, so that makes a lot of sense because it helps explain, like your feeling, your response to just the sort of the ambient noise of New York and also yeah. your, you know, experience there, um, you know, somebody tried to mug you, um, you know, is an indicator why somebody like that might get elected, right? So for those who don't know and, you know, keep up with their New York politics that much and the reason we're talking about new york is first of all we, we both live there forever um and then also it is kind of an interesting bellwether for liberal politics for mm. nationally right so that the people who get elected there um are in some ways uh kind of almost you know the, the mayoral election is almost like a national election even though only new yorkers are participating everybody has an opinion about it um and so, like, for, for people who don't know, Eric Adams, as Tony just said, um, former, um, you know, transit cop captain, NYPD, um, former Brooklyn Borough president, uh, and former Republican, right? Um, and for, like, the larger context, we just have to go back just a, a couple of years now, a year and a half about, to May 2020 with the murder of George Floyd. We all remember this and all the communities who protested against racist police violence, right? And New York has been a hotbed of such violence for as long as there has been a police department in New York, which um, which means since 1845. Uh, so, you know, in 2020, we have the largest protest movement in American history. We have Human Rights Watch, one of the sort of senior most and best respected uh, human rights monitors in the world that issues a report that charged the NYPD that year of breaking international human rights law, the civil law under the Constitution, and even the patrolman's guide of the NYPD itself when they basically had a premeditated attack on Bronx protesters who were protesting peacefully. Um, and so all of this happens, and, and who gets elected is Eric Adams, right? So Eric Adams, and he gets elected on a tough on crime kind of ticket. 
Um, and so what has he done so far? Now, it's very early, of course, right? He hasn't even been in power for uh, a month, but he's, you know, he's uh, uh, off and running. A couple of things. Um, one thing is that he plans to make the police accountable to the mayor's office, not just the Internal Affairs Bureau, the IAB, which the police themselves call the rat squad, right? So that, you know, that that they they already hate these guys and it's and often those those investigations go nowhere. And as be, and being a former cop, he's kind of aware of this. So that's a bright spot, I would say. Now, whether it's going to go off to die, you know, the investigations go off to die in the mayor's office, we'll have to wait and see. So that's one thing. On the other side, he's also tried to appoint his brother Bernard as to be deputy police commissioner. Um, this guy hasn't been a cop since 2006. And the last major job he had was handling parking at, I think, Virginia Tech. Um, and now there was so much blowback against that, that, you know, he stepped away from deputy commissioner, but he's still going to be in part of an executive position in the police. And he's going to run his brother's security detail and going to make over 200 grand a year for that job. Right. So right away, there's like this sort of nepotism going on. But the thing that he got the most flack for um, is something that he said kind of straight out of the gate on January 4th, he had a press conference where he was kind of hectoring um, big businesses in Midtown and in the financial district to end remote work um, and to get those big office buildings repopulated with with workers and so on. And he had um, this quote that that uh, people found very offensive. So I'm just going to play you this very short clip, and then um, I would love to get your response. If my businesses are sharing with their employees. You are part of the ecosystem of this city. My low-skilled workers, my cooks, my dishwashers, my messengers, my shoeshine people, those who work in Dunkin' Donuts, they cannot, they don't have the academic skills to sit in a corner office. They need this. We are in this together. So he got a ton of flack for that, um, for two things, right? One was the low-skilled workers, right? He's talking about low-skilled workers as this, you know, separate category. And that also that they're, they're, you know, I don't know, academically lacking. And therefore, the people who are in the corner office are obviously, you know, very smart and so on. Um, those things are just false, right? Like the low-skilled, I mean, when he's talking about being a cook um, at a restaurant, as a low skilled job is just kind of laughable um, that, you know, there's a, a lot of people say, and I think it's, 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 it's great that people, this is becoming more current is that the whole term low skilled job is just a strategy to pay people less, right? It's, it has nothing to do with the actual skill and how much work people are putting in, you know, like how much labor is involved, but rather just calling it that so you can depress their wages. Um, and then the second thing is that, somehow because you if you have a college degree or an advanced degree that should put you in a corner office even though you know we know plenty of morons um who are in these offices who run the world in fact um and you know those degrees don't signify that much except a way to navigate the hierarchical society in which we live, right? That those are credentials that boost you in the hierarchy, but actually 
don't say that much uh, necessarily about you know whatever acumen uh, you might have. Sure. So so he got like roasted for this, right? What do you make of this? Because out of all of the things, yeah, right? Yeah, so yeah. out of all the this things, is, this is like. You know, this is nothing. This is a nothing. Uh, I think his intentions were good, actually. I don't think he had bad intent. I mean, I'll get on Eric Adams all day. I don't look. How old is Eric Adams? 60s? Yeah, I think he's, I mean, he might be younger than that. Maybe, maybe, late, maybe late 50s, early 60s. Yeah. He's not yeah. younger than that. It's just, that's just a generational thing. It's this, and this is the problem. This is what, as a, as someone that's really, considers himself super progressive. It annoys me with the progressives. It's like, we have to get past crucifying people because of the way they say something and think about what they're trying to say. And I'm, and I'm sorry, even if it's the president down, we all have things we say when we're trying to explain something that if we were in public office would be used against us by morons. He's trying to, he's trying to make a point here that like what he's calling low skilled is low pay. That's what that's what what needs to change is he's saying low skilled. He means low pay and low pay would be teachers. I mean, there's chefs in New York make a lot more than teachers, you know, so most people are in New York are low pay. Mm -hmm. um, he's trying to appeal to those people. He's trying to show those people he's fighting for them. The issue is you can say you're fighting for those people, the Dunkin Donuts, the delivery people. But those are also the people that to make New York safer are going to start getting harassed. So it's the big problem with New York. And I, it's a job I would never want because on one hand, it's the illusion of progressive, right? New York to me is the ultimate David Copperfield of the progressive movement. <laughs> you have AOC, who is super progressive, needs to maybe shut her mouth a little bit and read more books. Um, you've got our buddy Jabari, you've got people that are on, like we call boots on the ground that are progressive. Mm -hmm. The people that are running the city are not progressive. The people that predominantly vote are not progressive, right? Like Andrew Cuomo is about as far from a progressive as you can get. Uh, Bloomberg, Giuliani, this is just my lifetime. Mm -hmm. Um, de Blasio is kind of progressive, but just uh, who the hell, you know, kind of also a Clintonian at the same time. Yeah. Um, well, that's where you got to start. Right. So New York to me is like the, the, you know, 200 years from now, if we're still around, they will teach the hypocrisy of liberalism and New York will be the, 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 the um, what do you call it? The power exhibit point. a yeah. exhibit a <laughs> because the, the elites in New York will tell you they're liberal. They'll vote for Clinton. They'll vote for Eric. Eric Adams won that election pretty handedly. Mm -hmm. Would you have ever voted for him? Eric Adams? Yeah. Um, it depends on who's against who he against. was running against. Yeah, absolutely. You yeah. would have voted for him over Garcia. I would have. Or. Oh, or, no, no. I mean, are you talking about the primary? I'm, I'm talking about the actual election. He didn't right? run against so, anybody in the election. There is no... Yeah, yeah, I mean, Curtis Lewis. Curtis, <laughs> Curtis yeah. Lewis. No, no, because we're not talking about Republicans, right? We're talking no. about the, the Liberal Party, the Democrats of New York yeah. that, that say the Liberal. Forget them. The, yeah, no, the he was like last on my Maybe list. Maybe third, yeah. yeah, third to yeah. last, last yeah. for us, right? Yeah. Um, But here's the problem. He's perfect for New York because... New Yorkers will say stop and frisk is unconstitutional. We shouldn't do it. But they'll also say, hey, man, you got to clean the city up. <laughs> yeah. And how do you clean the city up? Because they're not 
defunding the police, which people have a, 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 um, a hard time with that term. They're not pumping mental health and social services. Here's your, here are your options in New York. Either let there be more crime or hire a mayor that knows the police force well and is going to pull their moves to make it safer one way or another. And I promise you in a year, when, when he's up for reelection, the city will be safer. That yes. I know he'll accomplish. So that, I mean, that's, the, I mean, what you're pointing out is like this very difficult needle to thread, right? On the one hand, um, there is more crime, right? That that's, that's, that's statistically been proven that there's been more crime and more violent crime at that, right? So that's, that's a problem. Um, the question is how you address that, right? And his 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 approach, it's it is kind of dual pronged, right? Like he, there, I don't know if you saw this, just like last week, the that woman got pushed into the subway um, and killed, right? It's been happening and, for and, fifty years in New York. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So horrible. this was like, and, not, and this was was it was like a terrible thing, and you know, there's a whole obviously the guy who did it was mentally ill and you know there's 100%. there's all this stuff right so so and and you know to his credit he said that on the one hand um he's calling for everybody to be a sort of adjunct to the police right to sort of you know see something say something sort of thing and every, you know everybody's just like a want, potential snitch effect, effectively right that you're no sort shit. Of constant, that's what constantly do anyway yeah but the, but but the, he's Come like on. pushing that so that's that's one thing but on the other hand he said once we get these, you know, if we get a report about this, you know, the number one thing we're going to do is send out a mental health professional, right? So that's a very different response from the police response. On the other hand, so he's saying that with one side of his mouth. On the other side, he's also saying that we're going to kind of like, quote unquote, take back our streets. And what that basically means is that what are you going to use the police for? It's for intimidation, right? Like the, the police... The police are in out there in force for one reason only to intimidate people, right? Yes. To sort of sort of make sure um, that you know <laughs> would be muggers uh, stay stay away and so on, right? Um, the the problem, however, is that and this is where the stats kind of work against him is that it's been shown that having more police on the streets doesn't necessarily reduce the crime. It makes it it puts pushes it further into the shadows right so like that's that's the big problem but the very presence of the police for the people who vote for the sort of middle to upper middle class liberal voters are going to say aha that's great that there's more cops on the street i feel safe sure um even though the shootings are still going to go on in Brownsville. The shootings are still going to go on in the Bronx. They're going to remain uninvestigated. And when sure. those people from those neighborhoods call the police, the police will show up two hours later. Right. So like the places that want the police and want them in certain contexts, right. For actual violent crime, that is a sort of regularity of their lives. The police are often nowhere to be seen, but then they'll be deployed to like stop and frisk, you know, high school students going to, school because it makes liberal elites feel better. Right. Um, and that's my, my, you know, kind of worry about, about Adams much, much like Joe Biden, I'm going to give him a chance to see what he does. Right. I'm not, I'm not, I'm, 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 I'm already, I mean, I already know where I am. I'm already like ranged against him, but I'm like, okay, here's some bright spots. Here's some possibilities. There's, he's, 
he's a little bit more nuanced than I thought he was going to be straight out of the gate. Um, but on the other hand, and I just want to get back to that, that clip that I played you because sure. I had the exact same reaction that you had. I was like, actually, this is a guy, what is he doing? He's actually advocating for the working class here. That's what he's doing. But here's like the number one thing he's basically saying that there are all of these other industries that are interdependent, right? Yes. And that these, that the working class, much like you need them to feed you, to clean up after you, to, you know, shine your shoes. He literally says the shoe shine people, um, they need you, right? Like that this is a symbiotic relationship and that New York can't sort of have all these different types of people. Um, um, if, you know, somebody who's, who's has left the corner office for their living room um, and, and is, is working from there and just collecting their paycheck and not dropping money in New York. Right. So I, I, I kind of credit him for that. Right. Yes. Okay. Fine. Low skilled is poor use of words, whatever. Um, talking about academic skills as the basis for being in the corner office. You're just lucky if you're in the corner office. That's low like, skilled like, is you know, what like, he, like, low skilled is what he grew up calling it. Yeah. And it's like this in 200 years when they, I like the 200 years reference. Yeah. Okay. We'll, we'll go with 200 years. years. Yeah. When Historical they, when perspective teach... starts in 200 years. <laughs> <laughs> when they teach the course about why liberalism died, they'll play that clip and they'll yeah. say, here's what happens. You yeah. have these little young writers, right? The Twitter people, the people at Vox, the people at all of these woke Although, you know, conglomerate multi-billion dollar corporations, <laughs> although they they think, you know, they, they're writing from their little laptop at home, tweeting out. They think that they're, you know, in the forefront of wokeism and liberalism. Um, they, there's, everyone has to be canceled and attacked. And here, here you are, a black man in New York City who has a tough job already, hasn't done anything that bad yet. Right. And me and you are not fans. And I'm like, yeah, give him a shot. He's he's got the job. Let's not root against him. I, I hope we do a podcast in two years and we're like, we got this wrong. I yeah. pray for New I love New York still. New York's the greatest place. I love it. Um, I wouldn't bet my house on it. But that's the thing is that we have lost the ability to um, kind of weed out the message and stuff. Mm -hmm. Everybody is out to get everybody. And I don't know if that's cultural. I don't know if it's generational. I don't know what that is. I know that I'm turning 41. You played that clip for me and I was not even remotely offended. And I've been a yeah. low skilled worker in my life. And I've been a corner office in my life. I've I was just both. about to, I was going to, I was going to ask you, what is, what is the, like the worst job you ever had? I've had so many terrible jobs, but I never what, had what a worst job. I, yeah. I, I don't, I don't know what that means. I, I, I had, a, I had a job in catering where my job was busting the tables. I did that. And, that. and that at the end of the night, somehow I always drew the short straw that I had to take out something called the slop bucket, sure, I which, did was, which was, which was, you know, yeah. and like down the drain. Is it that yeah. bad? Is it it was really horrible. That bad? No, it was not. absolutely horrible and, and, and gross. It's not that bad. But like, you know who the, has it the, worse? The, you know the, the, you know the big worker that needs big, to clean up the, a dead body on the yeah, side of a road. The, <laughs> Go talk okay. to them about the slop bucket of uh, yeah. you know wet bread. I'm, what what I'm saying is like that job sucks, right? And the reason that it sucks, or it sucked, 
is that it didn't pay well enough, right? So like if it paid commensurate to what that job required, which was like a lot of work and I was like spent after doing like an eight hour catering job, then, you know, then it then it wouldn't be like denigrated as low skilled and you have no academic potential and therefore you deserve what this were you sort of rent. What? How much were you making? What? Like 12 bucks an hour. I In think. what year? Uh, 2011. Yeah. You're way above the minimum wage. That's a good job. Maybe not for New York City. Yeah. yeah it's a good job. <laughs> Think about I, it. Yeah. That's yeah, listen, no, but see, okay, but, you, but right? you're 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 getting dragged down by no, the terrible standards no, of the US, right? Like just not. because because sure. the minimum wage hasn't budged in 30 years doesn't mean because I'm making barely no, over no, no. it is good. That's not what I'm I'm not getting. That's that I would say you're wrong on that. And here's why. One, you picked a really bad example. I can have a seven-year-old bust a table. There is no skill required for that. I think $12 an hour is pretty good if you're just showing up to – that's not a full-time job, right? That's a part-time job. Yeah. Right. So, you know – I mean, it could have been full-time, but but I, I made I, it part-time. My family ran catering companies when I was growing up. I used to love the weekends. I think I made like, you know, same, maybe 10 bucks an hour. You leave with 60, 70 bucks in your pocket, and I felt great. I, it's not a good job if you have a family. Right. Um, there were like, multiple the people. Thing. There were there were multiple people who I worked with. That was their job. I understand. And they were forty to fifty years old, and but they've been doing. I it think for the problem decades. is that you can't blanket industry. I think there's in society there's always going to be a job like bussing a table and taking out the slop at the night. If you're expecting fifty to hundred bucks an hour for that, you you should go get your head examined. That's not a goal. Nobody's goal is that. That's a that's something people have to do, right? Because something else is going on. And that can be many, many things. Um, what we should be talking about is teachers. Like we should be talking about uh, laborers on the road crew, like things where they're completely essential. Catering is not essential to me. Don't I don't care about catering. I don't care about it. I'm going to really strongly disagree with you because I think that anybody who works an eight hour shift, right? Like this is what the labor movement called for in the 19th century, eight hours for work, eight hours for sleep, eight hours for what we will. Right. That was like the motto. Great. Right. So that's so reducing. So eight hour day is a solid day. I think it should be a six hour day at this point. We got all these machines, but anyway, an, an, an eight hour day, right? That should be enough whether you're the slop bucket guy or if you're a brain surgeon, you should not, you should be able to have a comfortable life. That is my point. I don't not disagree that, with that. Not, not because there, there were mostly women, but some men too, who were 40, 50 plus years old no, who were breaking their backs, carrying like 60 cups of water filled basically on trays and God help them what they, what they felt like when they came. I was 25. Right. Um, so, but they were also making $12 an hour and this wasn't just a side hustle for them. This was their job, right? So the idea that, okay, maybe they don't aspire to that does not mean they should be condemned to a life of poverty because that's what they end up doing. I agree with you, but you're attacking the wrong thing. You you think the caterer bosses were taking home, you know, $500,000 at night? I, catering business, that's the, the margins are low on that. They're making a lot more than you. But that's not the problem. The catering, I think 20 bucks an hour would be fair for that job. I think it's more than fair. I think if you're expecting more than that, then 
I don't, God bless you. I, I don't know what you, what you were expecting in life. The, the issue is healthcare, educational costs, cost of living. That's a different argument. I agree with you. If we were in a socialized country where you didn't have to worry about healthcare, your kids could go to college for free, mm -hmm. then 18, 20 bucks an hour, not necessarily like you're going to Hawaii in first class, but like that automatically becomes more money. Yeah. So I think we're saying the same thing. I think it's a bad idea to concentrate on caterers, busboys only making 12 to $15 an hour. I don't think that's going to alarm people. I don't think it's that alarming. I think it's more alarming mm -hmm. when I was a PA working 18 hours a day, seven days a week, making two to 300 bucks a week. And you know, we lived together mm -hmm. at the time. Mm -hmm. I had no money. If I didn't have a rich roommate at the time whose parents helped me out, I never could have afforded to to do that. And there were yeah. people that Which died. was not me, by the way. <laughs> it was not you. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, you know, that is alarming. Because I know now, because I run some of those companies, I know how much the big bosses are making. They're selling their company for 20 to $300 million. They easily could have paid me a living wage. Um, I think the nurses that are making not 100000 that are risking their lives with COVID. I think police officers should make more money. I'm a, I'm a huge fan of it's harder to get the job because you need more education. Bring the education costs down and pay them more. I don't think I don't think I don't want someone teaching my child that went to school for four years. Scandinavian model, right? Like yeah, I don't I don't want you teaching my kid math if you only went to college for four years for math. You're not qualified. Now I have to pay for a tutor. No offense. <laughs> I'm serious. You should yeah. have to have a master's degree. Yeah. And it shouldn't yeah. be three hundred thousand dollars. So that's what I'm saying is it this so is all social, so social supports offset these other costs, which then we know that effect on wages, right? So I, I'll I'll give you that, but I'm saying that the situation we live in it sucks. is none of that, right? I know, but and the, but the and, PR and therefore and therefore let let's take me out of it. I just ha happen to hate doing a slop bucket. Maybe that's a bad choice, but I just hate I hated it. I liked washing dishes. You know? <laughs> I I did. I was a dishwasher at a Korean restaurant too. Yeah. I did that. Um, actually, my worst it. job is actually telemarketing. I did telemarketing. I always thought my worst jobs, if you were going to say it, was when we were doing temping for a little bit in New York, yeah. where you had to sit and answer a phone and like, yeah. you basically well, telemarketing people work. just like scream at you, you so know, I like that, like they'd scream at you. How dare you call me? I'm about to sit down for dinner. I'm like, I know. I'm sorry. You want to buy this newspaper? Yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah, it was terrible. Um, but anyway, okay. We're getting off track. Anyway, I'm hoping that Eric Adams, even though just like... <laughs> Every mayor before him is basically in the pocket of the developers. Um, he'll be less so, um, maybe more akin to maybe a better version of de Blasio. That would be nice. Um, and then I hope he keeps on advocating for the working class, because I think that's exactly what he was doing in that quotation that he caught hell for, um, is that the meat of what he was saying is that the millions of people who can't afford not to go into work, right? That they don't have remote work for the jobs that they're doing. They need to get paid. Right? And who attacked they, him? Yeah. Who attacked yeah. him? From his left. left flank, left flank. And I'm yeah. telling you, I am so fed up with them. And I don't know who they are, but like the left has a problem. They have a real problem. I am 
they're annoying me. Like, I might be a Mitt, ne- Mitt Romney Republican at this point. <laughs> <laughs> I doubt it, but <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm here's how bad they are. I'm looking for something else. I don't know that I'm going to find it, but like. I'm having an emotional affair on the left. I am literally actively on the uh, political party. uh, uh, What do you call it? Tinder. Looking. Yeah. Yeah. I'm waiting. Asking people to get in your DMs. Yeah. Find me. I I, I just show me the candidate. Show me the party. I'll leave. Yeah. I can't take them anymore. I, I just can't. Everything is a, a mess. It's a total mess. And I don't, and I actually think it's a small group of people that just have the megaphone. Mm-hmm. And my God, if I were at Fox News or on the right, I would love this. Thank they, you. Well, they do. They, they do. do. They love it because you just don't know. You just don't know how to get behind or at least give somebody time. Let's see one of you little shits get into New York and clean it up. Right. Right. And the guy's a vegan. What else do you want? I know. I mean, it's shocking. I mean, <laughs> This is, you know, I guess Jabari proved it, right? <laughs> you can be a vegan and get elected. Oh my um, god! All right. Well, this was good. It's always fun to yell at New York. Uh, yeah, we love yeah. New York. I mean, you'll never find better yeah. food in the world. Period. One hundred percent true. And that I miss desperately. Well, next week we got on a great guest. We did Roosevelt Roosevelt Montas, Columbia mm-hmm. University professor. Um, he used to be my boss when I taught in his program and he just started the program and he's published a book on it and it's gotten a lot of press. So we're psyched to have him on next week. So we're very excited. Please. Uh, we are now a word of mouth podcast. I'm not sure Ahmed has canceled the Facebook yet, but we are off of all other social media. We are going to walk the talk. We're no longer, we're no longer bullshitting. We're, we're out. So tell people about us. Uh, we have a great website which you can find anything you want and you can even talk shit though. It's right on there. It's not that hard. Um, no politics at the dinner table is produced by Amit Prakash. Uh, wonderful beats by G. Baderoy. Um, and we have a great guest next week. So tune in. See you next week. <laughs> <laughs>